0: The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coburn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show.
1: Welcome into the Touchdown City Show, presented by Selengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis at the Stone Church Studio with my partners in crime, Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and the GOAT, Avon Coburn. And this week, lots to talk about, boys. Uh... Lots of news, new ad coming. Lots of negativity, a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Keep the negativity to yourself.
2: But uh, you West Virginia,
1: West Virginia falls to K State in Morgantown, forty-eight thirty-one in the freezing cold, in front of an announced crowd of thirty-seven thousand people, which was probably—and I'll have to go back and check it—that's the smallest announced crowd I remember in my lifetime
3: against a top fifteen team. Yeah, well top 25 I don't know I, I don't know exactly where they were ranked. I, I,
2: I don't think anybody's trusting a climb anymore
3: no nope. there's I, never there's never been a climb <laughs>
1: we've climbed to the basement and stayed oh. well with the with that loss Neil Brown falls to 21 and 25 17 and 15 against FBS schools 16 and 25 against P- power five schools and 13 and 20 in Big 12 play.
2: You know what we need? We need to give him a raise. Yeah, we should extend
1: him. I'd <laughs> extend- give him a 100 million dollar buyout. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. You know what was crazy? Let's talk about the game for a second. What was nutty was the first quarter yesterday. The score was 28 to 19 and I would have gone for a fi- that would have been the final score. Right.
2: No, I, they scored so many points in the first quarter. It was crazy. They almost had like 50 points.
1: Yeah,
3: well, I mean, you have you have two pick sixes. But uh, they took one back, and then West Virginia took one back, two pick sixes in the first quarter, and just big play after big play. And, I mean, when you have guys fair catching balls 35 yards down the field like they can, I mean, you're going to give up a lot of points. And, you know, <laughs> Sam, ja- Sam James was streaking wide open, too, on a couple of his touchdowns. So, you know, kudos to him for getting open. But, yeah, uh, I didn't think they would score like that. You know, you see shootouts. But, my God, I thought there for a while Kansas State might get 100. And then in the second half, everybody just stayed in the locker room.
2: Right. They just say, you know what, I'm tired. I just did all my running mm-hmm. in the first half. I only, I only got so many miles in me.
1: Eight and a half minute drive, zero points. Zero points. <laughs> you know what, another thing I thought was interesting, you know, everyone was screaming all week for Garrett Green, Garrett Green, Garrett Green. Um, I, I think it was smart coaching for Neil Brown not to announce a starter. He even, yeah. he even doubled down and said we might play three quarterbacks. Um, probably the smartest thing he's done in his career uh, at West Virginia. But... um. Mm-hmm. You know what was interesting was they didn't play any other quarterbacks. They didn't even like rotate anyone else in. They were going to give Garrett Green his shot yesterday.
2: I mean, I think he did. I think he played good. going to the game. I think he played well though. You know what I mean? He didn't. You know the the, the pick was was bad, but um, I
3: thought he I thought he played well. I mean, he did what what I expected him to do. I mean, the offense puts up 31 points. Well, technically 24, I guess. I don't know. They left so many points out there on the field with special teams, too, that the offense would have got credit for. But uh, I didn't think he was horrible. I didn't think he was great either. I mean, he was about what we would probably expect him to be. I mean, I don't know if he's a guy for the future or anything like that. But, I mean, at least he tried something different. That's the key. He tried something different.
1: He finished the day fifteen to twenty seven, two hundred four yards, three touchdowns, two picks, and was sacked three times. He
3: he also didn't have Prather, which I mean, I, you're not making excuses,
1: but that does hurt when you Absolutely. don't have a receiver out there. That hurts. Uh, what was what was what K State did was they took away his ability to run. And that's exactly what everybody
3: knew was coming.
2: But you know what? They didn't. They didn't because we didn't run the ball. Like we didn't run the ball at all with him. Like until the second half, we didn't run. We didn't have any running plays with him. So how did they really take it away?
3: When you when you dig a hole that fast, you can't really. You got to throw to catch up. So that kind
1: of well, takes well, away well, from guess, it too. Yeah.
2: In, in that sense, yes. he did.
1: Well, he ran the ball twelve times for seventeen yards. Um, but you would have. Here is the thing: they don't have it in the package. They don't have his skill set in their offense mm-hmm. what coach does do you think well we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> don't you've been looking at my notes over here um but i just don't think they they have that in their um it's in their playbook for him to to run those RPOs and to do that type of thing. Now they did definitely have to respect his running ability, hmm. which I thought they were basically spying on him a little bit. Because right. soon as he would even try try to t- attempt to run his linebackers would snag him. It's like the complaints though from the Neil Brown era have completely like
3: flipped. The first three years all we did was sit in here and complain about the offense. Well, the offense is actually putting up some points this year. Like they've moved the ball on teams and everything. Now you can't stop anybody. Right. Now you can't stop it. So it's like a complete reversal. Like, how many times did West Virginia score 30 points this year and lose? And
1: before – Almost every game. It feels like West Virginia couldn't even get to 30 before this. Well, you know, it doesn't help that we had four or five cornerbacks transfer Oh, yeah. Then you lose Charles Woods to injury the first game of the season. Um, You were expecting to – to hit another home run like they did with Alonzo Adai yeah. and get some, you know, FBS guys to step up and play over their head a little bit. And it just failed. And that's a lot to gamble on. You know, this transfer, transfer portal, it gives and it takes away. And if you're on the losing end of the give the t- give and take, uh, you see the results yep. of it. Yep. Because those guys were running, streaking down the field yesterday. I probably could have <laughs> got six balls for 50 myself. <laughs>
2: Six for fifty. Hey, they it was it was bad. It was a track meet out there. I mean, really, it was it was skelly, um, which is seven on seven, um, you know, flag football out there with them, and and it just it just was bad. I mean, and then you know they ran the ball too on us, so it was it wasn't. You know, we I don't understand everybody. Everybody in college football right now is running a counter play. Why can't they just say, okay, we're going to stop the counter. We're going to get our biggest D ends. And have them come down and kill those those guards pulling, those tackles pulling. Like, that's all you have to do.
3: It's against the rules, I guess, to stop that. There's some plays that West Virginia just can't stop. They ran a wheel route. Early in the game, guy was wide open. Tight end up the sideline. Oh, yeah. Remember, he was wide open. Yeah, <laughs> that's, wide tradition. open. that's traditionally been a, a, a bad. It's like that's like a cheating play.
2: <laughs> but that was a great play, though, because oh, yeah. that was a, like the way they did it. They yeah. had somebody in the flat. I mean, they were in a cover three, so they, they had a guy in the flat. The safety, the the receiver, because it was like a bunch over there. And then the tight end. It was a great. It was a great play. Like they, yeah. they, they, they fooled us on. it.
1: I thought West Virginia basically had sold out defensively to stop Vaughn yesterday. They held him to uh, twelve carries, six seven yards. But you don't have to give him the ball that much uh, whenever you're just hitting your tight end. I
3: mean, yeah, it's just it was they kind of did whatever they wanted. I felt like he didn't offense. even have any catching.
1: You know, they'll they'll motion they'll him out him, yeah. and throw it to him out in the flat. And I mean, he just didn't have a big day. But they were just getting killed on the back end, so it didn't they're even trying, matter.
3: They're trying to preserve him for in case they get to the Big Twelve title game. I mean, they're still in it. All you got to do is win. Well, I thought if Baylor beat. Or if
1: Texas beat Baylor Friday, I thought Texas. No, they they would had in.
2: to win. They they gotta okay. win the next game. Okay. And, and they're in. And they're okay.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, but it, but in all, I mean, you know, tough to watch. One, it was just hard to see nobody there. Uh, if West Virginia's winning, I believe that there's a lot of there's a bigger crowd for that. Thirty seven thousand. I mean, I think there was more than thirty seven thousand at the um one temple game.
4: At, at what point does that many empty seats? Equal a $20 million buyout over the course of seasons.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break because I've got a whole laundry list of of that answer right there for you. So we'll do all that after this on the Touchdown City Show.
0: The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this.
4: The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Solango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Solango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at Solangolaw.com.
1: Hey guys, it's buy one, get
2: one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're gonna be a dad? What? No, it's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. (laughs) You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one, free boneless wings every Thursday. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers. Size, exclusions apply. Delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings' website or app. may apply.
0: Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show.
1: Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Selengo Long. Before we went to break, Michael Sussman had a great question about, does 37,000 people warrant uh, a, a, what, a $16 million buyout? Yeah, um, after the year. Yeah. Um, so, well, obviously, there's a lot of people asking those questions because somebody lost their job this week.
4: <laughs>
3: somebody that gave somebody a $16 million buyout lost their job this week. And then yeah. another,
2: another $2 million for a defensive coordinator that is uh, – or defensive staff that is –
3: I mean, it's a, it's it's a or as
1: Avon called him dumpster juice. dumpster, dumpster juice.
3: juice. Yeah, it's a, it's an ugly situation right now. It's not good, but uh, I feel like I feel like Shane Lines was they wanted uh, Neil Brown to be fired and Lines wouldn't do it, so they kind of forced him out. And they're going to bring in a new AD to fire Neil Brown to go get quote his guy.
1: Yeah. So uh, on Monday, Neil Brown, or, I'm sorry, Shane Lines was fired. Rob Obso, Rob Alsop was named the interim AD. Uh, and there was outside counsel, uh, obtained, uh, the turnkey Z R G company will do a search for the new AD at West Virginia. And in the, what was interesting was to me in the press release, they said within three weeks we should have a new AD, which lines up with what it was already
3: looking well, they were already looking, but it lines up with almost the dead end of the season. I mean, it was almost the it it isn't at the Monday after the season. Hmm. So that means that new AD can come in and make his move and get his guy. I mean, you know, unless they don't have the money for the buyout, which what Michael said is exactly right. How many times – if you if you keep Neil Brown, you're 1-2 next year. There's going to be 37,000 games. Also,
1: his – from what I understand, his contract is reads as this. Like, let's say he leaves and he goes to – University X, and he makes $2 million a year at that school. The buyout should come down a little West bit. West Virginia only owes him $2 million. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll that all be negotiated. We'll let the lawyers do that. But, um, you know, one thing I will say about Shane Lyons, kudos to him. I think just the, the era in college football changed on him and the bad hire – and the ext- – not the bad hire because that was – It was a point. good hire. Neil Brown was a yeah.
3: good hire. I don't want to hear people call him a bad hire. Right. He came in. He was winning at Troy. He had a very good record at Troy. It just didn't happen at West Virginia, and that's that's uh, how it goes sometimes. I mean, sometimes a guy works, sometimes he doesn't. In this instant, it didn't work. And I really like Neil Brown. I hope he goes and has success elsewhere. I mean, I'm not wishing ill will on him by any means. It's just
1: for some reason it's not working at WVU, and I want somebody that will work at WVU. Well, it's the extension that got – Lions in trouble. Right, right. But since Lions has been there, um, you know they've got the new performance center at the Olympic Sports Complex, new aquatic center. He also was in charge of the new baseball park. Yeah. Um, so he's done some good things up there. And he did the
2: football thing too. Yeah, yeah, and I think
1: I think the time his time has passed. And from what I understand, on the backside, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of tiff between like the Mac and this Country Roads Trust the money and that's where it's going it's going so towards money and if you don't have anybody that's going to be you have, uh, in in line with what you got to get done then you're you, out
3: you have to be very creative at WVU2 especially with the way this NIL is going i mean west virginia let's be honest they don't have 31 million like texas a&m does to bring in the number one recruiting class you just don't have that kind of you don't have that kind of resources right. so you need to be very creative with how you're working things to even just get players now. And I know it's called NIL, but it's almost like, hey, here's two million dollars come and play for us. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <I'm laughs> I mean, you know, out. okay, well I'll be there.
1: <laughs> did you see did you guys see the firing of Neil Brown? Oh, I'm sorry, I keep getting them backwards. Did you see the firing of Shane Lyons happening before Neil Brown? In this in before the end of the season?
2: I didn't I to be honest with you, I didn't think anything was going to happen because of the amount of money and then once I heard that they gave you know it was actually a 22 million dollar buyout now you know including the, the defensive staff so uh, I didn't think anything was going to happen I thought we were stuck
3: I, I did not see that happening however I do think now like that it's happened I just I mean I have no sources or anything like that I'm just going off of just a feeling I think they wanted lines to fire Neil Brown and he refused to do so so they fired him to get somebody that will that's just my thought.
4: Is there a chance it's just a PR move so that they fired somebody? But there's a chance Neil Brown's hanging around. <laughs> Man, you're talking worst case scenario. If
3: they, I, I mean, after seeing that crowd yesterday, if they retain Neil Brown, you're at. I, I keep saying it over and over and over. You're at Penn State, then you play the the cupcake game, and then you play Pitt. You're one and two next year. Who shows up after that Pitt game?
4: After 37,000 on senior day.
3: Yeah, I don't think anybody shows up after that pit game. I mean, you're looking at 25,000 after the pit game. And let's be real that 37,000 on senior day was
1: inflated because there's no way that crowd looked like 37,000 people to no me. Way. Well, it didn't help that the students were gone, but the students have gave up on this team a long time ago. Two names, a couple of names to look out for AD. For AD. And I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of this Oh, stuff there's so. all kinds of guys out there. Um, well, well, one is a woman.
3: Well, I mean, well, I'm, I, I'd say guys loosely. There's yeah. all kinds of candidates right. I should have said. So, so
1: Kelly Zinn at LSU, uh, she worked under Lyons and had left last year. She actually was the interim AD when Ly- when Lyons was hired. When when Luck left, Kelly Zinn stepped in as interim AD the issue with her that might kind of be a little bit of, and I use my air quotes, stench with her is she may have too much lions Dinner. in
2: her. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. She's got that. She's got that pedigree. Yeah, you know what I mean. She she wants to run the air raid like everybody else. Can she like,
1: bring Brian Kelly?
3: <laughs> well, well, then she's hired. If she if she can she's hired. You know, she
1: she is a WVU native or a West Virginia native and has two degrees from WVU. The the one candidate that I think is the most interesting is the one that I'm like. Really rooting for is Ron Mollins at, at, at Oregon. Yeah. yeah, The thing is, though, they went after him in 15 and he respectfully declined. He said, basically, I've got a good thing going here, but the climate has changed tremendously for Oregon. How long has he been at Oregon? I think his AD since 2010, if so I heard that right. It, 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 so he had Chip Kelly and then he
3: moved from Chip Kelly to Crystal Ball. Is that, is that, no, he, I'm sorry, they hired the, they hired Mark Helfrich first because he was a, he was off of the the uh, Kelly staff. Then they fired Helfrich and hired Cristobal. Then Cristobal left and they've hired this Lanning. He's made two solid hires. I know Cristobal's not looking good at Miami, but like Cristobal was okay at Oregon. This guy that they've hired here from Georgia, I actually like what he's doing out there. It looks like I mean that's a from the forty nine three beating they took at the hands of Georgia. They've improved a ton since the, as the season's gone on.
1: Yeah, the one thing the the thing that's interesting is one they just extended his contract through twenty five. He makes nine hundred eighty thousand, but here's the thing: Lions was expect, expected to make nine thirty next year. I mean, yeah,
3: it's not, and, and you know, I mean, what's fifty thousand when you're making that much? It's not a ton. I mean, it's still money. Like, yeah, don't absolutely. get me wrong. Absolutely, it's still money. Yeah, like, it is still I mean, money, people. I don't... still understand that, but like, is he from West Virginia?
1: He's from West Virginia. What's, He's got to do two what's, degrees. What's fifty thousand to come home?
3: I mean like you know when you really think about it you say man it's 50,000 less but
1: I'm going home. Well and again I still think it goes back to the to what's happening in the Pac-12. They are on shaky grounds moving forward. Yeah, everybody's it, it, dispersing from so- that.
3: Southern Calin US or I'm sorry Southern Cal and UCLA, UCLA. Lo- moving to the Big 10 is a big deal to the Pac-12. They should be
1: ready out there. <laughs> Coming up after this Michael Sussman will have a report from the locker room and we'll talk a little bit more about the AD situation after this.
0: the touchdown city show will be back right after this
4: foundation problems don't get better with time they don't get less expensive to fix either they get worse slowly but surely as the years pass but at some point no matter how much you wish or pray or ignore them they need to be dealt with but there is a solution because foundation problems don't get better with time but they do get better with us. Visit
3: AlfordHomeSolutions.com and schedule a free estimate today.
4: Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm. Your answer needs to be sports fans in Taze Valley. Sports fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley
0: and online at sports with an S, fans with a Z, wv.com. Sports fans, the Kanawha Valley source for all things sports. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show.
4: Hello, it's Michael Sussman here with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Selengo Law. The Mountaineers officially lost their bid for bowl eligibility Saturday, falling to the visiting Kansas State Wildcats 48-31. With the loss, West Virginia drops to 4-7 overall, and here is what head coach Neil Brown had to say post-game.
5: Tough day, but... Guys fought, competed really, really hard. Um, proud of their effort. No issues with that. I thought they battled all the way through. Um, Credit Kansas State, you know, really physical team. They made more plays. I thought that uh, – and they're going to play – they're probably going to play in the Big 12 title game. And, and I thought um, they showed some of those, you know, why, why they're going to be there.
4: A big storyline coming into the contest was the controversy surrounding the starting quarterback position after Garrett Green led WVU to a win over Oklahoma in relief of JT Daniels last week. Neil Brown would decide to stick with Green and the freshman had an up and down first half slinging three touchdown passes to Sam James but also putting the Mountaineers
5: on the ropes with an early pick six. Well I thought he played well last week he's a big 12 player that big 12 player of the week and I thought his ability to run gave us an opportunity in this game I thought he was just deserving you know and here's the thing I thought he did some nice things he threw some really good throws you know the two touchdowns to Sam really the three all three in the first half to Sam I thought were really nice throws some of his decision making has got to get better Sam James ended the day with 102 yards
4: receiving with three TDs in what could be his final game at Milan Pushgar Stadium pending a decision on his fifth year
2: uh, we knew they out the jump. We knew they couldn't run. They couldn't run with us, and so we just exploited that and exposed them. It was one last out in that Mountaineer field, so I had to make the best of it.
4: Another bright spot for the Mountaineers offensively was the play of freshman tailback Jalen Anderson, who wrapped up the afternoon with 69 yards on
5: just seven carries. Thought Jalen Anderson was a real, real um, bright spot there. We ran the ball. You know, as good as anybody has against them so far this year. And on the
4: defensive side, Jazir Cox turned in another productive performance, leading the Mountaineer D with 13 tackles. Cox was reunited pregame with K-State head coach Chris Kleiman, who the linebacker suited up for at North Dakota State in 2018. I talked to
2: head coach Kleiman. Uh, he told me that, you know, he still had love for me. and uh, Because those are guys who gave me the opportunity to play college football. It, it was great to see them again. But, you know, being at West Virginia, you know, I was going to give it all I got so that we can come out with that victory as well.
4: Unfortunately, the Mountaineer defense could not deliver, allowing four first-half touchdowns.
5: Defensively, played really poorly in the first half and had some opportunities. They put the ball on the ground. We couldn't get to them. We just struggled. We couldn't get to the passer, you know. And and if you look at it, if you told me we were going to win the rushing battle, we were going to score 25 points in the first half, and and Deuce Vaughn was going to be held to 60, what, 67 yards rushing, and I don't I don't know if he had a catch or not. I said, man, I feel really good about our chance to win the game. Their tight ends hurt us the most, you know that. And tight ends up vertical, and what they were doing is they were kind of running a flood where they get four guys to a side. And that hurt us. They got the tight end. The Mountaineers' special teams was a liability as well, with the usually dependable Casey
4: Leg missing two extra points and coming up short on a 44-yard field goal attempt midway
5: through the third quarter. Special teams been a strength of ours all year. really hurt us today. And then in our PAT, I have to go back and watch it. You know, we left points on the board. Um, we had a kid and I go out after the pick six, and then we missed one. And I don't know what happened on the field goal. It's hard to tell on the field level. But... That, that unit, which has been solid, you know, I, I don't know, I don't I don't think we've missed a PAT other than somebody at the end of the Towson game, and we've been really consistent on that unit, but it, it was not very good today. We left, I don't know, maybe seven points out there.
4: Neil Brown's post-game presser was chock full of excuses as the former Sunbelt Coach of the Year complained about the officiating on several occasions.
5: We ran a screenplay, and I thought our guy was clearly held. You know, we had to throw it in the ground. But I thought we got held twice on first down. Down there we had it first into on the round of 15. And then thought we got a, another um, either holding or DPI down there. Didn't get those calls. I can't explain that fourth down. I'm going to have to get our head of officials. The way it was explained to me, it was a mechanics issue, but there's common sense officiating. Like we had it lined up, and they, they stand over the ball on a fourth and short. I don't, I don't get that. And to make matters worse,
4: former All-Big 12 honorable mention defensive back Charles Woods announced that he is entering the transfer portal following a sudden absence from the team.
5: You know, Charles Woods, they said he put something on social media. I've seen him like twice in two weeks. Like, I try to protect these guys, but, but he shut it down.
4: And on the K-State side, the Wildcats will go to 8-3 and three overall and 6-2 and two in conference play, which puts them in sole possession of second place going into the final week. Head coach Chris Kleiman after the win.
5: Excited for the guys. Uh, great win at a tough place to play. Ton of respect for West Virginia. I think they're a really good football team. They were going to play us toe to toe. Our guys knew that. We talked all week about um, continuing to have that edge. Uh, we've had an edge after a loss. Now we needed to have an edge after a win. And uh, we got off to a really good start. A touchdown. Uh, and then uh, sincere makes a big play. Gets in. Gets in the end zone. 14. Uh, right back at us, and it's 14-13. But uh, proud of the guys' resolve. All in all, it's a, it's a big win and one that we're going to enjoy and, and uh, head home for the last game.
4: Thanks for listening. This has been Michael Sussman with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of the Mountaineers' season finale versus Oklahoma State in Stillwater.
0: The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's our liquidation event at Todd Judy Ford. We have just repriced 97 vehicles below market value for immediate liquidation.
1: We have cars, trucks, and SUVs in all price ranges available immediately.
0: And you can start the process right from your phone. Just go to our website or Facebook page to chat with our team.
1: We can send you a link to appraise your own trade using Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer, and we can send you an application for financing.
0: And financing is available for all credit types. Just go to ToddJudyFord.com and see for yourself. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show.
1: Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Selengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church Studio. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, swing by your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe. And you get this version of uh, the podcast at your own convenience. And also weekly drops throughout the course of the season. For those of you that have done that so far, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking us out. All right, let's talk a little bit of WV basketball. Uh, West Virginia played this week. with They had a win over Moorhead, a win over Penn, which quite possibly um, – man, I don't know that Ivy League. Woo. I, I wouldn't play Ivy League teams.
3: Man, they're generally good. Like no, There's a lot of those schools that are generally good. They were little. They, they were small. But, like, those teams get in the tournament. Like, if you go and you look – when Harvard gets in, even if they lose, it's it's usually a close game. Yale's the same way. When those teams get into the tournament, they generally play well. But Penn's a little bit small this year. They're not very good. They're one and four, I think. But of course, they've probably played a hard schedule too because they do.
1: They are no get ready for the league. Yep. Yeah. West Virginia over Penn, 92-58. and then West Virginia with a win over Morehead, seventy five fifty seven. Let me ask you this: so far, who has been surprising for you? Uh. You
3: know, Stevenson. I didn't think Stevenson – now, I mean, I know it's early. I know the competition hasn't been great. But Stevenson has uh, – Stevenson has surprised me with his shooting. I didn't think he would uh, shoot this well. I mean, I believe he was 8-9 against Penn, scored about, what, 25 or so. I don't know. He had a bunch. And he only missed one shot. So, you know, he's been a surprise doesn't matter who you're playing if the ball goes and, in the basket yeah, you're yeah, shooting it. it's it's yeah it's nice to it's nice to see somebody actually make shots and then Wagey has also been a surprise and I like what I see from Bell he's all you know the guy that's lost they keep talking about how he's lost about 75 80 pounds those two guys I think have played st- extremely well early now we'll see when the competition gets stiffer how mm-hmm. how West Virginia does but those three you know I expected that from Trey mitchell Mitchell's he was very good at UMass
1: mm-hmm. yeah for me um I really like um Stevenson I think he's going to pick up a lot of technical fouls this year, but I like his fire. Um, I like his motion, and I, I like Toussaint. I mean, you know, one thing about him, he's he's not a great shooter. But what I do like about him is um, he he's one of those guards that will take it to the rack. I love that we've missed that. I, he is from Brooklyn, New York. I love that.
3: I love that. And that is, t- I mean, he is the he is toughness. That's what I like, and he defends his butt off. Yeah, we've
1: we've missed. I, we haven't had a guard to take it to the hoop since the Truck. It's been a long time. The truck will take it on you. So what do you like so far? What do you, what do you what what are some concerns?
3: Uh the concerns are that the schedule's not it hasn't been great so far. But, you know, early on compared to last year, I will say I feel like this team looks quite a bit better. You scored ninety two and I know it was against Penn. You score eighty one against Pitt. How many times last year can you say this team made shots. I mean, they've made shots a couple times now. I mean, if you keep it going, it might be a trend of them making shots, which is a huge difference between last year and, and this year. Pitt lost to. Oh, Pitt's lost to everybody.
1: Who did they get beat by the other night?
3: Michigan and then VCU beat them. Yeah. They're, I think they're 0 4. They're not very good. He's got to get. They got to fire Cable after this year, don't they? I said that last year. I hope they go winless. It'd be
4: beautiful. <laughs> I, I think like we typically say, West Virginia could definitely use a, a knockdown spot-up shooter. We're, we're lacking in that department. But the early returns are really, really encouraging. I think hugs landed on some of these transfers with Stevenson and definitely Trey Mitchell. He talked about it a little bit in the postgame presser, but he's a guy that just has a knack for scoring. When he gets in the lane, he's really nifty down there. And I think it's looking like a top 25 type team. And he's not even, Mitchell's not even 100%. Yeah.
3: So when Mitchell gets to 100%, I mean, you might even be better, which, I mean, West Virginia could surprise this year. I mean, I'll like I said, I'll keep continue to hold my judgment until I see him play Purdue. If they beat Purdue and they beat him handily, then we'll, you know, you might be on to something here. Like just, but the goal to me right now is just make the tournament. That shows a huge improvement. Just make the tournament.
1: Yeah. One thing that will definitely help them, though, is uh, the kid from, was it? Uh, let's see, I think it was Manhattan Perez. Oh, Perez is coming at the yeah at the midterm or they, in December. They they actually have made it official, so they are able to talk about him now. Yeah. But I don't know if they've said when he's going to be able to play. I thought I saw December. I thought I saw that, but I don't know. I've seen that, but I've not seen anything official. And see, he
3: he's a uh, he was the preseason player of the year in that conference up there, which is Manhattan Iona, and that's Patino's Iona. So. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good conference. Uh, Jose Perez is the name. He's he, from New York. And he I believe he averaged about 18 points a game last year. Not a great – I don't think he's a great shooter. But if he's a creator, that'll help as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, they, of course, listen, I mean, my theory on basketball – because I'm not a I'm more of a football guy than basketball. Uh, yep. So my theory on basketball is if you have a great guard, if you have good, good guard play, you can win a lot of games. The way the
3: game has gone in recent years is – it's no longer to me. It's gone more uh, finesse, I guess. It's not really a, a tough, tough thing anymore. You shoot the ball. Whoever shoots the ball better from three point range generally wins these games anymore. Doesn't matter how well you rebound, how how well you defend. I mean, I, well. How well you defend does matter because you don't want guys shooting practice jump shots, but it's like you it's almost imperative that you have to make three-point shots in this in this era of basketball.
4: That being said, I think Huggins can still win on what got him into this position. And the Oscar Sheboy transfer set us back a year or two. And last year in scramble mode, the offense was built around Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman, who are really more third and fourth options. Now I think it's more of a traditional Bob Huggins squad with long, lanky, strong guys that can rebound the ball.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the rebounding, I think you can still win this way, but the thing that's been lacking, in my opinion, under Huggins for the last several years is the shooting. And if you get guys that can make shots with hissed out, like – That one year in 2010 when they went to the Final Four, I remember Jay Billis was calling a game, and he goes, my God, if West Virginia could score, they'd win the national title. (laughs) And and it's been that way it feels like for – it's been that way several years it feels like. So, hopefully these guys can continue to develop and continue to knock down shots. It would be great if they do. Well,
1: coming up, West Virginia plays Purdue in the Phil Knight Invitational. Uh, Interesting tournament because we could potentially match up with Xavier if we win. Uh, Florida, Duke, uh, Xavier, I think like – I believe there's Portland I, State is in that thing. Gonzaga's in there. Gonzaga, so I, it should be interesting. And it, it's just basically the Nike, the Nike schools across the country. Yeah. So, um speaking of basketball, we got a new little project coming up, little science project. I like it. Michael, you want to tell everybody about the new basketball show?
4: Yep, Full Court Press uh, is debuting here in a few weeks, uh, we we will talk Mountaineer Hoops. Uh, at the conclusion of every week breakdown the last couple games uh hopefully that'll be a successful season and then a little bit of local sports at the end as well as we uh get ready to transition to the hardwood yeah we're throwing avon out
2: good because i don't it's too many games I, I can't i can't deal with all of them Damn. but no it's, it's actually I, I saw that i'm excited about it because i don't really get into mountaineer hoops because I get too emotional. I think I get more emotional for basketball than I do
3: football. It's Man, basketball so, and it's a it's a roller it, it's coaster. Just a like roller it's coaster, up and down, so, man. It's up and down. So that's
2: that's why I, I, it just drains me when I watch basketball.
3: After that Wake Forest game in 2005, I felt like I'd played. <laughs> I was on my hands and knees for that <laughs> yeah. game. It was crazy. I, I, so
2: I, and I've I, never done that I, since never, Ever, ever. It's, it is such an up and down, and, and I'm happy to uh, step away and allow, and listen to you guys do what you do.
1: Yeah. So for those of you listening on the radio. Uh, hopefully this radio affiliate will pick it up the show's called Full Court Press it'll be myself also with Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey. Again, we'll be talking WVU hoops. I'm also talking basketball from around the state. I reached out to Coach Richardson at Wheeling. I've reached out to some um, other coaches and you know, we'll just it's an opportunity just to talk more than just WVU. I'd like to try to get into some other stuff too maybe even do some high school I
4: mean I think it's an open format West Virginia high school basketball is great especially when you approach March some of those local matchups have a lot uh, of emotion behind them and then the MEC is good games day in day out there's a lot of parody in that league uh, so I'm looking forward to it
1: I'm really excited too so check that out on your favorite social media platform full court press is the name of the show all right when we come back we'll go through the news and notes with Michael Sussman
0: The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank, Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal Housing Lender. Member FDIC.
4: apparel at bestmastertailor.com
1: welcome back to the touchdown city show presented by salingo law hey friend friends and fans don't forget check out our friends over at sports fans sports with an s fans with a z wv.com use our promo code tdc10 for a 10 discount again that's sports fans for sports with an s fans with a z wv.com tdc10 for 10
4: percent discount all right michael What's been going on in the world of sports? Well, it turns out we have a good WVU fall sports team, the women's soccer squad, <laughs> winning the Big 12 title, and they made it to the NCAA tournament. Getting it done on the pitch, how about it?
2: Always, though. They're always good. Like, Well, they, they, they
4: had
1: a down season last year, and I well, could tell by Coach Brown was not happy about that.
2: Absolutely. I mean, but Nikki has always, ever since I've been involved with WVU, they've been on the, on it
3: feels rise. like yeah, it feels like they're always very good. It does feel like they're good every year.
1: Uh, yeah, shout out to her. Another Big Twelve title, NCAA appearance. That's the standard at so- women's soccer.
3: Yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's what the, the one year they were in the national title game. I believe they lost uh, to Southern they California. Should've, they should have won. Should have won that game too. Yeah. Off the crossbar. Yep. But, and
4: we return back to football. Unfortunately, Charles Woods, uh, former All Big Twelve honorable mention DB, is hitting the transfer portal. And a really interesting quote from Neil Brown out of the press conference. He said, I haven't seen him in two weeks. He just shut it down. What do you guys make of this? I'm, you know, I'm
3: going to say this. I don't care what these kids do. I'm to a point where like if you want to transfer, transfer. Not one player, I don't care, I don't care who who the best player in college football. I don't care if it's B. John Robinson. I don't care if it's Charles Woods. I don't care who it is. You're not bigger than the program. Not one player or coach is bigger than the program. If these kids want to transfer, let them go, but you're gonna find out that the grass isn't always greener. Go ask Mesidor how much fun he's having at Miami right now. He's getting to play, but they're terrible. I mean, right. and he's not he's not even the star. He would have been the star along with stills of the West Virginia defense. He's an afterthought at Miami. Go ask whoever's transferred. Who who is doing anything from WV that's transferred?
2: You know what from from that and and I I am I am of the of the of the concern or of the extent that these people if they leave so be it. My question to him not seeing him for 2 weeks, yeah. that is the issue. Like what type of what do you tell this kid's parents? Like you told him, you told he's still a kid. But you're giving – that to me is mind-blowing that you haven't seen a kid for two weeks. You haven't – if I was the coach, I'm going to your doorstep to say, hey, what's going on? We are supposed to be a team. Talk to me about what's going on.
4: You're you're exactly right. I, I, I used to play for West Virginia Wesley, and we were last in the conference every single season, maybe would win one game. And by the end of the year, half the team had quit and nobody cared. These are the types of things that happen on bad football teams. Ooh. I think it's a reflection of Neil Brown for you, sure.
3: You wonder what the relationship's like with the players. Mm. When you hear that he hasn't heard from him in two weeks. And like Avon saying, I mean, if you haven't seen or heard from a kid in two weeks, wouldn't you show a little concern?
2: <laughs> go show up. Like, go knock on his door. Like, at the end of the day, you're not that, – that's a lot to do with Neil Brown. Like, you're supposed to be a guy that is about culture – what is the culture when you have one of your best players not showing up?
1: Hey, look, I think not only did Charles Woods shut it down the last two weeks, I think Neil Brown shut it down for he, the last he, two he weeks. He maybe He maybe did. You know, the rumor, and, of course, this is not – I skipped that. I don't even want to talk about rumor. I, ha- I hate reporting you rumors get, and things you like get that. You get
3: so much stuff now because somebody's dog talked to somebody's grandmother who's talked to somebody's aunt who's talked to somebody's cousin. I saw a
1: little social media – a tra- <laughs> I mean, little bit know, of transaction there that kind of leads me to believe that he might be going back home to the state of Texas. I'll just leave it at that.
4: TCU stays undefeated, edging Baylor 29-28. to 28. Uh, All this team does is win. I
3: watched this game, and, man, they're, they're impressive. I, you know, you keep hearing everybody trying to make excuses about, all oh, they're going to lose this game, they're going to lose that game. or They just keep on winning. And, you know, kudos to TCU. They've won several close games this year. That, you know, it is what it is. But they're finding ways to win, and that's signs of a good football team. You know, there's, there's four 11-0 teams right now, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and TCU. None of them, none of them played well yesterday kudos to all four of them for winning and remaining undefeated because it is hard. I don't care if you have the best team in the country. It is hard to go undefeated.
2: I agree. That was a great game. I I love watching the game. Uh, Those guys played hard. They are – they just find a way to win. And those type of teams are what you love to watch because it's not about one player, even though you you have good players. It's about the team playing collectively. And to me, it was just one of those things that I enjoyed watching it because when I was in – Montreal was the same way. We had a great, great organization. We had some great players, but then we had a great team that just played, knew their role and played
3: hard. And let me say this also about TCU. Kudos to every single player. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say every single player because I don't know, but kudos to that team because it seems that they have all bought in to a brand
2: new
4: coach in year one. In year one.
2: That's that's one thing that we, year one, year they're, one. they're about
4: to go to the show. And then Rich Rodriguez picks up another win with Jacksonville State, a forty seventeen win over Central Arkansas to improve to nine and two overall. Does a homecoming for Rich Rod <laughs> appear more likely <laughs> after this?
3: I'm not going to comment. <laughs>
2: I'm 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 going to comment. I, I think it should be. I mean, but when you bring somebody new in. They want to bring their guy in, which doesn't always bode well to what I want. But at the end of the day, I would love to have Rich Rod back. If not Rich Rod, somebody that has won a championship.
3: No, I'll I'll comment. I was just joking. It's nice that he won a conference championship. I'm still. I mean, you know, he's still from West Virginia. He's still a Mountaineer. Uh, It's great to see him succeed at Jacksonville State. You know, and I read a lot of people's posts and things. And sometimes you hear he hasn't done anything well since he left West Virginia and everything. And I think that's kind of a false narrative. Uh, you know, his r- record at Arizona was 43 and 35. He went to the Fiesta Bowl. He beat Oregon a couple times. He had a 10 win season out there, and I think they've only had two 10 win seasons in their school's history. He has one of them. He hasn't been a failure like people want to think he's been a failure. Did he fail at Michigan? Sure. I'll give you that. He failed at
1: Michigan. Uh, people need to get out of their feelings. Yeah. He was 43-35 and 35 at Arizona, which that's pretty good at Arizona. Congratulations, Coach Rod. Listen, I mean – for me, the fact that you went down to a school that was – I believe they were 4-8 and eight last year. They were not very good last no. year. And not only that, they are in the transition period where they're building new facilities. Yeah. So they're And not, not only that, he lost one of his best friends before the season started. Yes, he did. And they still won a conference championship. Yeah, congratulations so, to him. You know, the, the Twitter haters, you know,
4: it's whatever. But uh, congratulations and then West Virginia state ends the season at 8 and 4 to send it uh, back towards a more local angle beating uh, the University of Charleston in the season finale. Uh, that's a program that it's always good to see doing well.
2: My boy Penny, man, good job. Good job Penny. He he's he's got that pedigree that he needs to be a part of what's happening at my
1: major university, WVU. Yeah, congratulations Coach Pennington. You know, just a, he's a winner. I mean, the kid's a winner. Not a kid. That man is a winner. 100%. I mean, Dr. John
4: Pennington. Dr. Pennington. They, best. Ne-
3: they never won a game when I was
1: <laughs>
4: Yeah. That's terrible. And the big topic of conversation, the college football playoffs. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU is your one through four. That's with the game on deck this weekend. How are things going to shake out?
3: <laughs> well, I mean – I don't know what to think of this whole mess because ESPN is going to push everything for two SEC teams still. I was told Tennessee would rail TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State all on a neutral field, and then, you know, I'm sorry, but I think TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State can give up 63 points to South Carolina. When it shakes out at the end, Southern Cal's going to have a shot at this if they win their next two, so Southern Cal could get in. Clemson's still in this. I still think Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, they're in it, and Georgia. I mean, and... I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to put Alabama in it.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, Tennessee played themselves right out of that thing the other day against South Carolina. Um, you know, what's really going to throw a monkey wrench in this is if LSU knocks off Georgia in, this, in the championship game. It's going to be a mess. Yeah. So, for me, it's Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU until somebody proves otherwise. A close game, in or is it in Ann Arbor? It's it's in Columbus. So, a close game there doesn't knock one of those teams out for me, personally. I think,
2: I think it's going to be um... – you know, Georgia, uh, Ohio State, because they're going to lose. It's going to knock Michigan out, and then USC is going to come in with TCU.
3: I still think USC may lose a game. They play Notre Dame Saturday. Notre Dame's really been rolling, and they still have to beat either Oregon, UCLA, Washington, or somebody again.
1: All right, so West Virginia takes on Oklahoma State and Stillwater this week. Um, can we all just agree that West Virginia's going to lose?
2: No, sir, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that is not going to happen. I will not
1: ever, ever
2: concede to a defeat – We're going to win. I know all the rest of you guys think we're going to lose. Uh, Stillwater, they got dismantled the other day. They're Uh, awful on the road. And it doesn't matter. We're going to win.
3: No, no, no. Oklahoma State's awful on the road. They've been outscored uh, 28-13, 37-16, and 49 nothing, or whatever it was.
1: Well, for me, West Virginia loses in Stillwater.
4: Same. Right there with you. (laughs) All
1: right. Like any of you. We get into depth, but uh, we're running out of time. But thank you guys for checking out the Touchdown City show this week. We'll be back next week to talk about what happened in Stillwater and then whatever news breaks throughout the course of the week. So thanks for listening.
0: To hear more of the Touchdown City show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or Spotify. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.